Welcome to episode 12 of season one of the Mofis as we almost close out Masters of Horror season one. This is the uh, Showtime aired finale of the sh- of that season. But of course, there was another episode not aired initially that we'll cover next. But first, Heckle's Tale. Yeah. Directed by John McNaughton, best known yeah. and really like kind of only mostly known for Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. His uh, his filmography's weird though. If you look at it, I didn't know he directed Wild Things. I mean, you would think I would know that, but I don't. How did I, I not know he directed Wild Things? That's crazy. I I didn't know it until right before wow. we started recording and I looked it up. That is crazy. I mean, Wild Things is just a a weird weird movie. I it I, I love it. Sure is. It is insane. It's it's wonky, it's crazy. If you haven't seen Wild Things with uh Nev Campbell and Kevin Bacon's Bacon and all of those wonderful things, like you should see it cuz it's unlike anything. Yeah, it's really strange. If it's one of those movies where I was like, "Oh, I don't need to see this. I kind of already know what it's about." No. <laughs> Not at all. Nope, nope. No, nope. you don't know what it's about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but aside from that, he worked in TV a lot. He directed a lot of Homicide, which I've never actually watched, but I know people put in Homicide very high esteem. What's that? It's... Homicide was great. I never watched it. Not like the act of doing it, but like the show. <laughs> it depends. There are some people that it's probably pretty rewarding to do, too. <laughs> um, I mean, he did, you know, he, again, worked a lot in TV, um, some other episodes of shows, and he made a few other films that I've just never heard of. Um so the first question, is John McNaughton a master of horror? Um, that's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big title, but I mean, yeah, Henry, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer is like a genre-defining film. Yeah. Like, people, like, cite it in, in mm-hmm. certain instances. Like, people go back to it. It's one of the reasons why people have repped uh, Michael Rooker for so long, yes. like, among other reasons, obviously. Yeah, but, like, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a good movie. I, I haven't watched it in a long time, but I remember enjoying it quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love it. I don't – I'll probably watch it, like, once or twice more in my lifetime because it's mm-hmm. not a film I ever really want to go back to. It's one that I would probably revisit with a commentary track or something like that. But just to sit down and watch it, it's – I mean, kind of in some ways – like Texas Chains, Texas Chains has a little more rewatchable, but mm-hmm. it's similar mm-hmm. to where low budget movie made by a director who had, was working a lot but hadn't really made many films that kind of hit mainstream. Very low budget to the point where you wonder how much of the limitations and happy accidents that happened made that product as effective as it was, and how yeah. much of it was just the director really knowing what he was doing. And I think there's probably questions on both of those for that. Uh, but it's also really hard to watch because it is brutal and great and has some fantastic performances in it. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd agree. I would, I'm would. i happy to have had him included in this roundup. Uh, yeah. This, and this was an accident of many sorts. So initially, uh, this episode is based on a Clive Barker story with a teleplay by Mick Garris. Mm. This was going to be directed by George Romero. Mm-hmm. Then his there name was shows up in the credits. So, association. I mean, it was like associated with George Romero, or like, yeah, like a, all right, some very, very vague uh, credited definition. 
but so he was going to direct it. There were scheduling issues. I was looking at his filmography and trying to figure out like, what the hell was Richard Romero doing? Mm. They couldn't direct this. But I guess it was, this was kind of in between Land of the Dead and Diary of the Dead. So maybe that's yeah. why, I don't know. But so then when Romero had to back out, um, Mick Harris wanted Roger Corman to direct it, which would have been pretty cool. Uh, if you've ever seen The Mask of Red Death, it's like Roger Corman's directed straight film, and it's really good. And mm-hmm. it's set around the same, like, I think it's set earlier, but it's also like a period film to where, like, that would have been pretty cool. But instead, for, for I'm, I'm guessing it was a very quick last minute, well, who else do I know that can direct something in eight days? Yeah. Let me call John it, it, McDonald. T- TV, d- doing TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This and is again, yeah, somebody who is used to limited resources, limited time. Mm. Um, I will say right from the beginning, I think that lack of kind of personal touch to the material, I think is this episode's biggest issue. Cause it, I don't think this is a terrible episode, but I think it is lacking any kind of spark or any kind of, this is, this man wanted to tell this story. It really does feel kind of a director for hire job to me. Yeah. 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 Um, and I'm not mad at that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know this. I have a lot of, I think talking to you is going to really solidify how I feel about this. Okay. I'm here to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell um, everybody what this episode's about? Oh, the thing about it, though, is that I don't know. Oh, well, there's a framing device, see? Okay, but, like, mm, all right, so this... Which, uh, now that I say that, you know, the I'm like, none of the other episodes have that. Wait a minute, one of them does. It's the other one that Mick Garris wrote. Yeah, I think that... So, I don't... Oh, I don't have, like, a super, like... I don't have any real feelings about Clive Barker. He seems great. Like as a human, like he seems great. I don't like, okay, cool. I don't like have any real connection to what he does. That's fine. I don't have sure. to, I don't have to like, it's, it's fine. But like, I think that maybe Mick Garris made this, a version of a story and the version he made is a version that I don't, I don't like hmm. that's bold, but we'll, we'll continuing on. So this is like a period piece, which is it our first like set in a clearly different time period of this season? Um, I, I think wa- it might be. I want to say yes. Uh, imprint will also be. Oh, okay, okay. But so. I think in terms of this season, I feel like. I had asked myself that same question, and my initial thought was, no, no, there was one other, and now I'm trying to remember what it would have been. And I, I, I had that feeling, too, but I can't really remember. I guess I could see. look at all um, episodes. I mean, Dance of the Dead is in the future. Yeah, it's um, like post But that's, nope, that's it. Yeah, the rest of them are all set in present day, essentially. So I appreciate that. Me so too, it's me set, too. It's, it's set in olden times. Um and it starts off with a dude, he comes and sees this lady, and he's like, I'm a dude, I love my wife more than anything in the world, also she's dead, hey, can you bring her back to life? And and then it's like, I'm going to tell you a story as to why you don't really want that, I guess? Was mm-hmm. that her thesis statement? Yeah, I yeah. think she's kind of saying, like, yeah, I can do it, I don't think I should, I'm going to tell you about the last man I know who did this, and if afterwards you're still cool with it, I'll do it. Oh, which... 
I I actually enjoyed that entire opening. I thought the mm-hmm. dialogue was snappy. I thought it was setting a nice table. Sure. I liked the the simplicity of it. It was tight and the actress is having a lot of fun. I I liked that a lot. Yes. So then we go to she tells a story and we go to even older times. Yeah, Nikki Munsell is her name. Oh well, she was good. I liked her. Yeah, she looked familiar to me, um, and she has worked a lot, but. Um, and I'm sure something or another I've seen her in because she's got a lot of credits. I don't know, not mm. that many actually. Eh, um, she was good. I, 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 I had. I guess I, I guess this is just to say I had really high hopes going in. So then there's like allusions to some Frankenstein shit. So like which <laughs> allusions oh my God. or direction? I know, but but it never get it never goes. It's it goes, not it about that. Veers away from that immediately, like to have where you, you have a scene of him. With a, a a a corpse tied down, electrifying her, and you're just waiting for like you know the the young Frankenstein joke to come in, and it and then it just veers away. Have you, have you read this story? No. That this okay? I feel like I want to because I'll, I'll get back into it, but I feel like I want I to. I think and there's if any... a lot in the story that should have probably gotten cut that doesn't, and Ugh. there there's like every one of these episodes, you just look and you say to yourself. Did did he need a dying father? Because what does that do for the story? It does nothing. But it, that's so Frankenstein-y. And yes. I was like, I was like living for this Frankenstein analog. And, and then it just fucking stopped. And I was yep. so disappointed. Yeah. But so uh, that's why I kind of want to read it. So we go and there's Frankenstein stuff. and But then it becomes completely irrelevant. And like, so our titular heckle, hackle, heckle, is is an actor who I am deeply, insanely in love with. He was in The Outsider. He was Andy in The Outsider. If anybody follows me on Twitter, you know that I'm in love with Andy from The Outsider. He's very handsome. My husband walked in and said, is that Jason Isaac? I said, no, but it looks he, very much like him. He is young and stunning in this. And when I realized who it was, I jumped up. I did a lap around the house. I was so <laughs> fucking happy. I was like, I am here for this episode. Yes, give me this weird Frankenstein thing. <laughs> With this hot boy that I love, give it to me because I have oh, no idea he was in this. I just remembered exactly what we decided he looked like. He said Jason Isaac. I said with a little bit of Benedict Cumberbatch, and then Brandon nailed it in when he said, and then somehow a little bit of Paul Rudd got in there too. Yeah, he looks like I don't know. I don't know if I say this man's name right. James Darcy, who was in yes, oh, he, totally. There was some like he- at first mm-hmm. I thought it might be him, but like I kept waiting for him to turn around all the way, and then I was like, <laughs> I think I know who that is. And then I ch- I immediately checked the IMDb after trying to spell the name of this episode seven hundred times. I checked the IMDb and I was like so fucking floored. So I'm on top. I'm top. I'm on top of Everest at this point. I'm like the opening was tight. There was an there's awesome Frankenstein shit. The hottest dude alive is in this. Let's fucking go. Then everything falls apart. <laughs> it, it starts slow. It's a slow decay. Yes. Emphasis on slow. It's a slow episode. And, yeah. And so basically this dude wants to bring people back a la Frankenstein and then goes and sees this like sideshow style necromancer, mm-hmm. like, which is again, kind of cool. Yep. And there's this like, and that's John Polito who's yes. who recently passed away, who was in everything you've ever seen. Very, very, very fun. Still, I'm very, I'm very engaged. Mm-hmm. This is very fun. There's a weird dog puppet 
which is like, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I liked the dog puppet. I, I thought it was weird. Was it was fucking weird. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm still I'm still on board. So then, like you had mentioned, there's a, an ill father. I have to travel by foot to go see my ill father. I'm gonna sit here, like, and sleep here for the night. Oh, some man came and brought me to his house. I, I I'm still kind of on board. Mm-hmm. So then now the man brings brings the handsome man to the house, and there's a lady there. Dude can't keep it in his pants. He's like yeah. staring at her like he's never seen a woman before. Yes. I get it, she's attractive, but calm down. Show some decorum, sir. Um, yes, her husband they, is right there. There, but like then we get the reveal, like the husband doesn't care, but like, <laughs> but not in the way you think. <laughs> so, so in Clive, I mean, this might. I know people huge Clive Barker stands, but I, I feel like Clive Barker puts weird sexual weird and i don't mean it in a derogatory way interesting different sexuality into his stuff which which i appreciate and i feel like this does that and then i'm like then the the wife is weird and there's weird shit and then he starts going the the husband starts going on about how she can't be satisfied and i'm like what the fuck is this but also it's it's really slow yeah like so like it's got this stuff happening but then and look, bitch isn't complaining. I get to watch this man take off his little neckerchief and lay down. I could watch him. I could watch him make <laughs> breakfast. But for like someone who's not completely in love with this person, like why are we watching this? Yes, I didn't. I didn't get it. But that that's fine. And and again, making an hour long story is it's a it's an odd length. It's I I imagine it's a challenge. What to keep? What to get rid of? How much? How do? I, how much do I stuff this? How much can I let it breathe? I get it. When we reach, by the time that happens, we're like in in the home stretch. I feel like everything happens very rapidly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And once things start happening, I I stop knowing what this is about anymore. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's why I I'm gonna I'm gonna take a, a strong stance until I hear from you and you convince me otherwise. I didn't like it because I didn't I didn't know the thesis. Like this woman, the the thesis of this seems to be this woman whose love died and whose love got brought back to life necromanced she likes to fuck him mm-hmm. he's the only dude that can fuck her right so there's corpse fucking and then a corpse baby and then a corpse orgy inferred yep. not seen well i mean there is kind That's, of one i hate that i don't know whether like who else that really bothered me because i was like fine with what the the story of this woman who her love died and she still wants him. And so I they, love that. That's great. Like, and they bring him. So once, a, and it seemed like it was like once a year, but then I guess not. It's like, she gets to go have sex with her corpse husband and all the other corpses like get to watch, which that is fine. Like I'm into that. But like, why? I don't know why. Why? Yeah. But, and but like, fine, then, fine. Well, and, and then the fact that it like, then, so yeah, this, and this is where it really drove me crazy was so he's just he's horrified disgusted oh my god how do you let this woman you can't let her do this and it's very oh the biggest issue i had with this because overall i kind of liked it but i had so many issues because again like it's the same thing we said with like the last with pick me up with dear woman we could have rewritten this to be so much better (laughs) 
Because if the idea is, is it that it's just this man that was her love, that she, he's the only guy that's going to satisfy her, so she doesn't care that he's a desiccating corpse, she's going to have sex with him. But then, the next day, you know, she is back to, you know, no longer having sex with the corpse, and he, um, Heckle kind of confronts her, and she has the baby, and now we realize the baby is corpse baby, and she kills him. She has the baby feet on him. And then when we get to the coda and see that, um, like, she's there's, like, this, this is kind of big, happy corpse family, but now she's having sex with Heckle? Which doesn't make any he- sense to me. Is it just that she likes dead dick or that she liked that specific dead dick? This, this Again, this is what I don't understand. I don't understand. So, like, mo- most things that are written have, like, you know, subtext. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I didn't understand what, what I was supposed to get from this or what I was supposed to yeah. know about the characters from this. Like, so what was the warning? But I, I get, like, the warning is if you bring your, your wife back, are you okay with her being like a shambling corpse but like we're all real happy so like i don't like what's the warning and also the baby made no sense because is the baby a baby for the next like hundred years but how did it get to be a baby so you're saying it's it's frozen in time zombie baby well you don't just like like come out a baby a baby doesn't just like shoot out of a dude's dick like it yeah. has, it had to grow at some. Well, I mean, and then is she breastfeeding this baby for eighty years, or has she constantly had babies because she's constantly having dead dick? I that's a really weird question, but you're right. I don't know. It was so. Like, oh, I wanted to like it, and the Same. fact that again, again, we have. I don't know. Should I blame McGarris for this? I don't know. McGarris. I don't know. But like uh, the fact that it's a again, it's a. About a lady, but it's not about yep. her. Yep. Is so frustrating. Yeah. Because I think you you watch this episode and there's things like Heckle's really frustrating because aside from the fact that they don't really give him like I guess he wants to raise the dead because he thinks he can and wants to be a, a well known doctor, I think. That's his initial motivation. And then it's just he sees a really hot chick and wants to save her and then it's basically revealed like she's totally cool with this this is her ideal she's living her best life Mm -hmm. and she gets to raise her baby she gets to occasionally have sex with her dead husband and also enjoy orgies with other corpses and that is her bliss great what then why should i care what this traveling dude thinks about that Right? It's weird framing. Yeah. For this story. Is this story, are we supposed to be disgusted by her or find her empowering or find, I don't know because I I don't know that, again, I feel like McNaughton had no opinion whatsoever. Um, I didn't, I started, I was reading a little bit to see like what, what else I could find out about this episode, just mostly because of the shuffle in directors. And I read like one or two reviews that talk about the commentary where apparently he's like, he just talks about the technical aspects of the show. Like it's a lot of dead space and he, you know, praises the costumes and talks about the set and the actors and that's it. And it makes sense. Cause I feel like there is no real passion behind this episode for an episode mm-hmm. that does have like there's themes in there but they don't go anywhere and they're not like directed anyway yeah so it's just it feels very workmanship of director for hire and it's a shame because 
it the materials there the script isn't um <clears throat> and it just ends up being like unsatisfying even if there were things i did like about it yeah there yes yeah unsatisfying is a good way to put it so i'm just scrolling through imdb and there's a picture of a of a foreign like dvd cover dvd release mm-hmm. um that is like the broad with like like naked with zombie hands coming up around her <laughs> and i'm like i'm not mad at i'm not mad at it you would think yeah that if if you if you didn't know us or what we talked about, you would think two mouthy feminist broads <laughs> are going to be like, I didn't like this one because she was naked and there was zombies and I didn't like it. It was it was grossly outnumbered. It was exploitative and I didn't like it and it was, but like, I still on board at Same. fucking a zombie. Like, guys, this isn't this isn't. I'm not waving the red flags at at, at fucking a zombie. I don't know why she like. <laughs> It seemed like she was just enjoying it was the best sex she could have. And I get that. Like, especially when her husband is such a like lump and knows he's a lump and says, like, I can't satisfy her. Like, and you get the feeling that this guy, like, really, like, he's much older. He's not doesn't overly seem like oozing any sex appeal. So I got it. Like, here's this woman. And especially the way he said to Heckle, look, you aren't going to be able to satisfy her either. And I'm looking at you, young, handsome man, because she was like, hey, I guess once you've had dead dick, you don't go back, seems to be what we learned. I wanted it it to be about the love. I, because like, well, I wanted it to be about one or the other, either be about the love, which then doesn't, mm -hmm. has the coda make no sense, because why is Heckle a part of her harem now? Or yeah. be about the sex and then be something cool and weird and sexy. Yeah. You're you're completely right. You're completely right. I really thought like, well maybe Emily can turn me around on this oh, if wish. she has a different take. But like, you know, your take was the same as mine. Yeah. Cause I think again, it it wastes time, like all of these sh- episodes have for the most part. Mm. Um, there's stuff we don't need in the beginning, there's stuff we don't I had this been, you know, he was the I don't know, instead of him being a doctor and whether I guess like there is a Dr. Heckle like but again I don't think any of this really ties into the story he could have been the guy who delivers rolls to the family every day and he's been in love with her for years and finally one night gets stuck in the house and and wants to save her like have some kind of connection maybe or mm-hmm. have it be mm-hmm. weirder mm-hmm. and more Clive Barkery and weirder sexy like that's fine like it, it, for all of it being her having sex in a graveyard with a corpse it's not really that like risque. It's just her riding a, a corpse. Like you know, like you yeah. could do weirder <laughs> yeah. things. Give give me um, corpse cock for one thing. It was it was strange. It was strange and it was stanceless and yeah. Like I just want stuff to be about stuff. Yeah. And you can't you can't be like oh well it was about um it was about unending love. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Oh, yeah. it was about a depraved woman. Was it? Like, where was she then, if that was what it was about? Yeah. And that's why I'm like, I wonder if it is about a depraved woman in the story. Like, I just want, I I guess I have to read the story. It could be an interesting read. I think the the framing part was was not in this, from what I read, that's a, not that he filmed it, but that that wasn't in the Clive Barker story, that it's a straightforward story. Um, I was really bothered, because it's just one of those, like, 
details that kills me when I watch. Look, I don't, I hate the whole digital de-aging of somebody um, for something because I think it's bullshit. Like, no, you find a younger actor who looks something like the character, the the other Mm -hmm. older actor, and you make it work. It's fine. Um, But at the same time, like, there's certain things like when your one character has blue eyes and your other actor has brown eyes, it is going to take me out because it's such an obvious thing. So, I don't know. Your young, uh, what was her name? Elsa? Did I make that up? Because Elsa would make sense because of Frankenstein. Elise. Your young Elise Elise. has dark, dark black hair. And yet, spoiler alert, the woman telling the story, who is actually old Elise, has red hair. Yeah. In like 1742 or 1800, whatever this is taking place where, you know, women weren't really dyeing their hair like that. No, it was it was definitely like, wait, is this the same woman? I had to think for a second. Yeah, like I, I got what I got what they were doing, but and I was like, but it doesn't look exactly okay. Let's, and it's like not even like you don't have to look like her, but it's I mean hair color, like it's mm. just so simple. Just give her have have that woman have a gray wig, and we wouldn't have had this problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just it's, sometimes it's that, and I get it. Like again, you have seven days to film it; details get overlooked. I get that. I forgive that. Um, but it's harder to forgive when you didn't give me other things to help in me forgiving it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's, it, 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 I, it had me and, you know, and that's yeah. the thing with, it's, that's the thing with so many of these. So many of them don't even have that advantage of having me. Like I yes. show up and I'm like almost immediately, yes, you got me. Come on. And then you, you lost me, which really makes me disappointed. It didn't lose me until it ended, and I was like, "Oh, you didn't get there." From like, because I it's it starts, and I'm a little immediately a little bored, um, and not like I look. I like a good period story. It just felt like, "Oh, you're taking your time," so I hope I have a good payoff. But you're also wandering, and I don't know where you're going. And it's not, you know, it's like the the period stuff looks okay, but there's not a lot of cool style going on. Yeah. So it it's doesn't. True. Yeah, it doesn't like wrap you in like I wasn't you know sucked into it I was just kind of nodding along and it gets to the finale and I'm like I want to be there for it and then when it as soon as it ends I think oh there's so many holes to poke in this yeah yeah I mean it in from just from a storyteller standpoint like I'm uh, insulting is a is a big world word but it's a little insulting how how many loose ends and how many like character things didn't get yeah. explained like it felt really like slapdash and yep. haphazard and that insults me as someone who tries very hard to write compelling cohesive stories and, and make people like them and it's like it's it's insulting that you would you would have the opportunity to put something on television and 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 pay and pay li- that little attention and that little care yeah. to your characters and your story because I don't fucking know what was going on in this and there was so yeah. instead of watching the beautiful man untie his neckerchief <laughs> like have some dialogue have some inter- have some weird have something to keep me engaged yeah. oh my gosh it makes me upset because it again it's like there was there's something weird here and I'm 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 okay with it I'm into it but like I don't know if if the if Clive I I can't I should have read the story. If Clive Barker was like, yeah, this lady loves fucking corpses. I'm like, man, why didn't you make that story? You know, and now that (laughs) you said that, like, hey, you know what episode two is about? Fucking corpses. 
Mm. And I mean, I mean this is way better than than or episode three rather. Like this is way better than Dance of the Dead. Sure, but it's also like yeah, I don't know. Like there's something to first of all. Like it's kind of I don't know. I don't know how. how I, I think something. I guess now that we've almost finished season one, when you look back and try to like pull what did this series do what was it saying what what can we look it back on and reflect upon and I think there's like a few things at play that really speak to that time in a way that makes us all say let's do better one is how male how heterosexual white male it is um that how punishing of women it is Mm -hmm. and like on one hand I want to like celebrate that the woman isn't punished in this episode like ultimately Mm -hmm. she I appreciate yeah like she gets to live her life constantly having sex with corpses I guess but it's also very judgy to her on that um and I think the other thing is we think like that if somebody gave me seven days to film an episode of television that was going to air in showtime Mm -hmm. you're gonna bet your ass I'm gonna turn out a tight script i am gonna have edited that shit i am gonna look at it and say what do i need what do i not need is this working is that working and so many of these episodes feel like none of that was done Mm -hmm. that these directors could not be bothered to handle any of the details because it was a you know low budget oh just you know whatever people are gonna watch it it's called masters of horror it's really just indulgent like fan like john carpenter fans just want to watch what you do we don't care if it's good just do it and when you get to an episode like this where like they're like you're saying there's loose ends like what the what the shit about his dad is happening i don't know i don't care like then why did like there if you can't tell the whole story because i i'm I mean, this could be, uh, it's based on a Clive Barker story. It still could be like a 20,000 word story. It could be like a massive story that you try to put into an hour and maybe you, you, you can't put, keep every element, which I get, but like, then then why did you choose to pick the elements that you did? Yeah, and if like, you can't tell that full story, then then re- try to remove that element, I guess. Yeah, and it's such a lingering like it happened on so many of these. Yeah, and again, it's where well, I think when you get to this one and you start to look back and compare this, like I feel like you can also do something where you take like you just keep pulling out like you take twelve episodes and next week will be thirteen, and you just like grab two at any point and you can look at them side by side and see how they kind of like speak to each other or don't right like mm-hmm. and i think you could take this and take dreams in the witch house which is oh. also based on yeah. a short story by a celebrated kind of weird horror writer and you see how how differently they could be done mm-hmm. um because you know dreams in the witch house is really good and it's good because stuart gordon and his co-writer understood how to adapt something and understood the medium they were adapting it for mm-hmm. and in this case Oh, like you just you look. You're like, why do I have a 20 minute opening where everybody is talking about his father? In the end, I don't know. Was his father like a an atheist or a Christian? I don't know because the show never really tells me. But yet they waste 20 minutes on it. Yeah, yeah. It it it's it's strange. The choices are strange. What are left in is strange, and I don't know that it necessarily serves the character because in the end, I don't really know the character like because i thought i did i thought i knew this character at the beginning because i mean you bring up dance of the dead i i was uh a little horrified to see a woman catch on fire and i was like oh god not this again yeah but to this episode's credit 
it's not gross. It's not lingering. It's not leering. The right. woman catches on fire. She immediately gets covered up. We don't see her her burning boobs for 25 minutes. Yeah. And then, oh, he says, I'm sorry to her. Yes. And I was like, oh, no, I, this is, I love this man. What yeah. is this going to do? This is so good. What's happening? What are we doing? Mm-hmm. And then, nah, JK, I'm going <laughs> to yell at this broad for fucking a corpse. I'm going to horrifiedly yell at her yes. from I'm across the cemetery. I'm going to judge her sexual decisions, even though she's a married woman and I have only known her for about 12 minutes. Exactly. Like, I just showed up and I'm going to scream at her across yeah. the graveyard. After this dude told me, maybe I should just fucking stay in the house. Yeah. Like, and I guess maybe the episode, like, I, one could make an argument that, oh, no, but it, don't, don't you get it? Like, yeah, the episode's saying that, too. Because ultimately, he does get punished for for, for sure. judging her, right? He does, you know, everybody basically is saying to him, dude, let it go. Just let her do her thing. And he does get punished for not letting it go. Mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah, there's there's that. Like, and to its credit, like, maybe I can I can spin it that way. But then why does she bring him back? Like, why does he hang out yeah. with her, having sex with her for the rest of their lives, I guess? Yeah, I don't, I don't. I'm not. There was a lot I didn't get. And I think a lot of the stuff that I didn't get, like, was presented to me. Like, you don't need to get it because isn't it shocking? Right, right. Look, boobs. Yeah. No, no I want, like, but why? Yeah. Explain to me. Yeah, it was strange. Yeah. It was strange. Um, Do you think she was breastfeeding for, like, those 40 years or however long? I don't know. Because then at the, at the end, she had a bottle. That's true. That's true. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it was weird. And then I was like, how much of, like, you know, remember the movie Grace, that baby? Yes. I was like, how Grace are we going to get here? And then oh. we didn't really at all. No, we just had, like, shot of the baby, and it kind of looked like on in demonic toys when the baby's, like, face gets pulled off type thing. Yeah. yeah. It, I, it was like, eh, all right. Yeah. This is, but why are, again, why are we doing this? I don't understand the physics behind this. Yeah. What's the science behind this baby? <laughs> now, I wonder... Um, um, I would, of the three men who were, you know, directed or could have directed it, I would have been most interested in seeing Corman do this. Oh, yeah. It would have a completely different tone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with Romero, I I don't know. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I, I don't know what he really would have would have done with this. It, it's not so much in his wheelhouse because I feel like he was not as, as and I, I mean, I'm a huge George Romero fan. I, Dawn of the Dead is my favorite movie of all time. Um, but his he, he was a, a good director by many measures and a mm-hmm, game mm-hmm. changer and everything. There were some things he did very well. There were some things he didn't and some things he just didn't do. And I think, and I'm like looking through to make sure I'm right about this. He really did not do much sex in his films. No. Like I think um, I just watched season, season of the Witch not that long ago. And that's probably like the closest of his films to be to really involve sex mm-hmm. um i mean none of his zombie films do um the rest of them like it, it just seems like something that he was i don't know for whatever reason not interested in in tackling in his in his movies and that's fine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and i just wonder then for a story that at least in this telling of it seemed to kind of be about that what would romero have done with that yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe we would have at least gotten more character stuff. Yeah, probably. To, like, explain it instead of just throwing it in our eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. So do you recommend that people watch Beckle's Tale? Look, 
No. And and this is this is coming from someone who loves a man whose main filmography or is is multiple episodes of House of Cards, so I can't see him ever cuz I'm never going to watch that. But so like I'm like, "Oh, here's something I can put in my face with this beautiful man in it, and I don't think I could ever bring myself to look at this again." Um it makes me so sad. Yeah. Cuz like it could have been it could have been like a weird cool thing that you're like, "Oh, this isn't this isn't the best thing I've ever seen." Sure. But like do you ever feel the need to revisit this? This is why I don't want. I wouldn't recommend it. Like, I don't need. I'll never need to revisit it. Um, I feel like if you're if you're watching these and you're like, oh, let me avoid the really bad ones. Let me watch the really good oh, ones. This, there are worse. Yeah, like this is for me. Probably it'll land in the middle of the pack. Um, and so I think again, as kind of the only real period episode, it's kind of at least maybe if you're if you're. If you like could only watch a handful, this might be the pinky. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It's it, the thing that makes it me ha- it hard for me to really commit to that is that it is it is boring. Yeah. Um yes, and I you know, this was my first time watching it. I remember starting to watch it in 2006 and I like turned it on and and I remember falling asleep watching it. Yeah. And watching it today you know i had other things to do so it was fine i could do some work emails while i watched it and it ran fine but it is slow and it could be one of those like if if you're i mean it it does get the action ramps up but it's like 40 minutes in that the action ramps up so Mm -hmm. if your time is that precious then give it a pass yeah all right do you have anything more to say about heckle's tale I do not. All right. That's our thoughts on that. Uh, We have got one more left in season one, and then we will soldier on. So in the meantime, everybody stay safe, be responsible, wear masks when you're around people, please. Yes, please. Uh, And all of those things. So on that note, bye-bye. Bye. Isn't she lovely? Isn't she wonderful? Isn't she precious? Less than one minute. Oh, I never thought through love we'd be making one as lovely as she. But isn't she lovely made from love? Isn't she pretty? Truly the angel's best Boy, I'm so happy We have been heaven